Do, 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 do. Oh, you know what you should do, man. You know what you should have done. Put the Home Alone music into the <laughs> podcast. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. Aye, like uh, the start one. Aye. I've got it on Netflix. That's on Netflix. I didn't even know it was no on Netflix. I look like a fucking happy reindeer. Eh? Oh, aye. Oh, yeah, cunt. Aye. I did leave because those pair of antlers did come with a blinking red nose. I thought, oh, no, I can't, I can't make, make them wear the nose as well. That's fucking career suicide. Is this what we're looking for? A wee bit of John Williams? Uh, no. That's just sad, man. That's like ah, that's why his, his parents end. actually made yeah. it back. Main title. This will be. Nope. I want. Oh, the opening. Right. Hole in New York. There we go. Aye. The classic. As it has such a good opening theme as well. Mm. Because it can, do you know how it gives it that kind of feel like it's like a, like a, like a crime caper? Because it kind of adds a wee bit of a child-friendly crime caper. Exactly. And the only time where <laughs> Joe Pesci will get beaten by a child. Yeah. Because in reality, I'd imagine. And <sighs> we'll, pro- we'll probably agree in the second one, Tim Curry steals every scene he's in. Oh, aye. Because he's so fucking good. Exactly. He is the Grinch. Aye. And, oh, okay. It's when there's... But he thinks this is dad in the room and he's playing the, v- the video hang. Aye. <laughs> it's like, and the fucking, he's got the inflatable fucking clown to turn around and say, Hey you, you little snot-nosed brat, I'm Aye. gonna kill you. It's like, I'm so sorry, sir. Aye, but it's when he brings like all the concerts in the room, they're on the knees and he's like, with a wee grin, I love you. Aye, he's like, and all together. <laughs> and I first, I love you. It actually makes me like, Cry while you're after watching it. And a young Rob Schneider <sighs> getting very, tipped gum. Very young Rob Schneider. Hello and welcome to the Films and Swear Movie Podcast, the Foulmouth Movie Podcast that records straight out of Fife, Scotland. I am your host, the stocking stuffer, Stuart Sutherland. And joining me in the room tonight is old Mary Mike Christie. Why does it sound like you say Mary instead of Mary? Aye. Mary, mm. Mary, Mary, aye. Aye. Anyway, aye, we're here. Mm. It's Christmas. Cue aye. John Williams. Is that who done it? Aye, John Williams. Holy shit, I never knew that. Right, we'll lower that down and we'll switch it. Because the best way to have like a wee Christmas podcast, you've got to make it feel like festive. Other than John Williams, you could always do the olds. Does it feel a wee bit more festive now? With a, a Yule fire crackling in the background? Like, welcome in, stranger. Come listen to us talk with the fire on. Better shut the door. Aye. Fucking, with a hammer and nails. 
You better fucking bless our sides. Fuck's sake. <laughs> See, it's like the days back at the cottage. I, I, never, I never spent that many days up in the cottage. Aye. And if you wanted hot water, you had to get a fire going. It does remind me of uh, the fucking coal fire when my dad used to head back and cut and walk. Aye. I could leave this on, but I probably shouldn't. Anyway, that was a wee coal fire I wanted to put on for a second. Aye. Yeah. Oh, so, it's Christmas. It's Star Wars weekend. Uh-huh. And it's also Mike's birthday, so a wee toast to you. Indeed. Uh, Happy birthday, Chief. Yeah. Drink the directs of my Corona without the lime. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to... It's the end of the year show, so there's nothing else we can really do other than talk about all the fucking films we've seen, our top tens, bottom fives, and what we wanted to see but didn't get the chance to. Yeah. And what we're looking forward to next year. Yeah, and I will try and keep this as Kevin Spacey relevant as we can. Yes. Because I, I reckon we've already like fucking dragged that horse. Yes, but <clears throat> that's it. He's And it's hard to avoid him as well, depending on what work he's done this year. He's got to come up in the conversation regardless. Yeah. Although I see that Morgan Spurlock. It's another... The latest one, eh? Yes. I seen, seen that yesterday and I was like... Alright, but was he no film in the documentary it was like him and his wife? So like did he rape his wife? Mm. I never really I never read it and I just noticed it's a tweet and just it's got uh, to the point now where it's like every day it's another fucking cunt being caught out or admitted. Uh, and the same I reckon what would ruin my year if Danny DeVito gets out of Oh and <laughs> a lot of folks are like, how's that not the obvious one? But it's the same. If I heard like that about Kurt Russell or Tom Hanks I'd be like the magic's gone <laughs> but uh, the same way like the Asian cinema circles I follow this week it revealed that uh, Bay Logan who is I originally knew for doing all of the audio commentary to the old Hong Kong Legends DVDs uh. and he went on to become a producer of films in Hong Kong and he was part of funnily enough the Weinstein Company of their Asian mm. section. Alright. And it turns out he's a massive, a massive fucking sleazeball as well. When he was producing films with female actresses, um, he would try and make them his girlfriends, even though he's married with children. He would try to have girlfriend on sets. Alright. Um, or he would insist and translators would share the same rooms as him. Uh, he'd pull out his dick in meetings. <laughs> Aye. <clears throat> And I think one of them, like a film that he was heavily producing, which never actually ended up getting made, like it's like a film called Snowblade, and it had a female lead, and I think she was a fairly slinky lady to begin with, but each day he insisted that she'd strip down to her underwear to make sure she hadn't put on any more weight than she did the previous day. Aye. So daily she would have to strip down to her underwear for him yeah. to examine her before she would get made up. And continue filming. Yeah. So you can give her a bit of slow blade. Snow blade. Aye. <laughs> but, fuck. Sleazy <clears throat> bastards left, right and centre. Oh, I know. I know. Do you think Harvey's going to get invited around to Bob's house this Christmas for the uh, turkey and all that? <laughs> Aye, it's... Got a fucking funny year for Hollywood. 
Like, I'm not looking forward to the cunt that has to write the jokes for the Oscars. Like, can he talk about that? Oh, who is it that's doing the Oscars? Jimmy Kimmel. Ah, who is it? Oscars, I'm sure it is. I wasn't sure if they'd announced it yet or not. I knew... I knew he was, well, he he's was last done it, year. He's done it, aye, he's been invited back this year to do it. Aye. <clears throat> I'm guessing the, the mistake about announcing the wrong uh, oh, best last, picture yeah, winner yeah, was yeah. his fault. Yeah. Aye. That was it, it was... Uh, La La Land. La La Land and, and then the guy... No, 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 Moon, Moonlight, sorry, yes. Aye, well, I mean, of all the awards to fuck up. I know, it's like the most prestigious mm-hmm. award that night, yeah. And imagine the fucking, we're not the fuck for La La Land on stage, like collecting the award before somebody come running Either it. Either that or they were like on their way. Aye. Whoa, 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 sit back in your seat, son. No, no, it's no you. But I, mean, I remember when it happened and it was like all the memes, remember with the Steve Harvey thing? Mm-hmm. Was it Miss World or something where he like called it like the wrong, the wrong continent or something? Aye. And, uh, or he joked about it. Sherry said it was whatever country, then she got and he goes, ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it was like all oh, the memes was like yeah, Steve Harvey like I would have done a better job <laughs> but fuck so and that's it award season starting that's <clears throat> your Golden Globes it yeah. uh, announced so we've got like our idea of who we could possibly see yeah. Oscar wise I've not seen the full list of who's been nominated for what the only one that stands out is Get Out being nominated for fucking best comedy slash musical which aye I mean, that musical number was spectacular. Yeah, I know. Randy, the TSA, stopping the, the fucking geriatric bomber yeah. in a song and dance sequence that would rival La La Land. Yeah. that's <clears throat> how we handle shit. <clears throat> but, anyway. Aye, I never got to say. You cunts are listening to episode 164? Aye, one of those. The 2017 Films and Swearing Christmas Special, a.k.a. How Magic Mike Saved Christmas. <laughs> Motherfucker. So, let's let's go right into our questions. What Christmas movies do you enjoy, Mike? Nah, it's, it's a given, eh? It's got to be Die Hard, eh? Die Hard's up there, eh? There we go. And it's been bombarded on <clears throat> social media the last week. Apparently, there's been a legitimate vote. Really, people voting whether it's a Christmas film or not. Apparently, fifty-two percent voted that it was not a Christmas film, but yeah, it takes place at Christmas. Mm-hmm. He's invited to a Christmas party. It's mm-hmm. got Christmas numbers throughout the fucking yeah, but film. Yeah, it finishes with fucking was it no Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, Dean Martin, like Let It Snow. Ah. It does. It it's. I think the only thing I know about the counter argument was, was it not a summer movie? I think it was released yeah, in August, aye. but that like sure you could it technically like the year it came out wouldn't really be classed as a Christmas movie, but to anyone else watching it for the first time, it's all about fucking Christmas. It's yeah. set at Christmas. Yeah, the fucking jokes are like when McLean's talk about, uh, "I come out, have a few beers, have a few laughs," and like all that, or just crawling the through their ducts. Aye. And it's uh, <clears throat> the, like, the fucking most, it's the one thing that I've been looking for, but I've never been able to get a hoodie, is the Christmas jumper. Oh, <clears> now I have a machine gun. <clears throat> when he sends a guy down the lift. 
Mm-hmm. I think you could get like that as a t-shirt dead easy, but not as a sweater. You want it like what it is in the yeah, film. Yeah, because like, I was planning on getting it for my work's Christmas night and that's sweet, but it's, it's probably not the most innocent thing to wear because you do what I walk into right. somebody's a machine gun on his yeah, jumper. Yeah, I, or you I, I was going to go dressed as a uh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> and I was going to walk about with an empty bottle of paracetamol. Mm-hmm. Just handing out hot drinks to folk. Aye. Cappuccino, anyone? But I would have had to take it that Andy Walker level when he dressed up as a B.A. Baracus. Oh. Where he got full on blackface. Yes. Aye. I, I would just stick with a Christmas jumper. Aye. Yeah, I think I'll be safer with that. Yeah. Um, For me, one of the ones I watched not even just last week and it kind of rung back that this is a proper wee Christmas film that, that I could get into the habit of watching each year is The Night Before oh Seth Rogen, Rogen. Aye. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's one of the newer ones that I, I quite like as well it's actually a decent wee film aye, it's like great. Michael Shannon Michael Shannon's fucking it brilliant in that film aye like because you're more it is almost <laughs> like a, a Christmas carol like with the fucking yeah. weedies dealing the weed of the present, the past, and the future. Yeah. But that, and honestly, the the whole... Because uh, I think Seth Rogen's maybe got the best storyline. Oh, the like, fact that he's... he's the impending fatherhood. <clears throat> yeah. get, he decides his wife gives him a wee tray of drugs. That, right, go mental, it's Christmas. This is the last time you get to do this. So he's off his face on drugs. He's bleeding into Fox drinks. Yeah. And that's a wee text from my wife. Yeah. I'll just I was wondering what that wee noise was there. But the whole thing where he mixes up phones and he's walking about with the lassie's phone and starts getting dick pics for a boy called James. Uh, and, uh, aye. And he's like, he's like do, do I like this dick? It's a nice looking dick. Turns it back and he's like, well, you never suck dick? No, have I? Should I? Am I going to? And like just a whole fucking speech yeah. in his head. That's the bit that I like is a bit where they're uh, at the church. And he's like tripping out and he sees the wee kid. Aye. And the kid's like giving him like the fucking like, aye, like talking to him aye, and all like, that. Fuck you. <laughs> like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and then he like spews all over the fucking like the wee walkway. Aye. And does he, he's panicking because there's, there's no feel of a place like being Jewish as well. Aye, yeah. Because he's, he's wearing a Jewish Christmas jumper. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we could best appreciate the shining reference. Aye. At the start of the film. Is it someone else? Um, another one that I fucking never get tired of watching is Scrooge, Bill Murray. Yep. Aye. It, it ticks all the boxes there. Aye, I and it it, it's like I always just sort of like love the ending to it, like all kinds because it comes together like a big TV special. Aye. And like the little kid that doesn't say a word comes out and says Merry Christmas to everyone. They're all yeah. singing. And he was like, Have a little love in your heart. You've got the fucking ferry, you've got the, the cabby driver. Ah, uh, it's lumpy, yeah. Was, was, was he the cab driver? Something like that. He's, he's, he's got, like... Oh, that his power, I can't mind. Ah, oh, fuck. I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the cabby was cried lumpy, but... Ah, uh, is Like, just how he is, he's, like... His character, to begin with, has lost touch with it all, and uh. by the time he's had his Christmas carol story... It's changed all the shit. Um, 
Christmas films are, well, they're not really Christmas films, but they're they're cold, snowy films I usually like watching this time of year. Hateful Eight, we don't need to talk about any more about that. Uh, the Gold Rush, like a really old Charlie Chaplin one, that's it. During a snowstorm, um, we've talked about Die Hard. One of the, the, the proper old classics that I'll watch it if it's on is A Wonderful Life. Ah, right, with James Stewart. Aye. Mm. Like, again, one of your proper bona fide Christmas classics. Aye, ever since I saw it about fucking, maybe like six, seven years ago, and watching it, just like, wonder what the hype was. Aye. And watching it, it's like, fucking hell, it's actually a really good film. And whilst it seems like I'm crying anew, I mind when I watched it for the first time, always fucking greeting by the end. Uh. Like the fact that all the times people were showing up with baskets of money to help this family. And I remember Margaret just looking at me and was like, are you crying? It's like, I'm not made of fucking stone. Of course. <laughs> like, it's so fucking heartwarming. It's, I'm so happy. That cunt got his wings. <laughs> but, aye, that is a Christmas classic for me. Um, So, out of the films we've seen this year, tallying it up, how many things you've seen? Um, Going by... My list, I am sitting at 38. Not too Which, bad. to be fair, as a far cry compared to how I was at the end of the summer, remember, I was like sending a list and I, maybe, I was maybe scraping at 15. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because obviously, well, summer's a busy time for me, my work with golf course and shit. Aye, but, and it's also <clears> the same that other than going to the cinema to see stuff, not a lot of stuff is online either. Uh, like last few months every film coming out on say Sky Netflix is all 2017 now second half of the year is a good chance to really catch up yeah. to the first quarter aye but I am sitting at 40 and that's excluding like a few documentaries aye so that 40 including Star well, Wars say, say 42 since I sat through The Foreigner and Star Wars aye. today Um, because that's how I watch it loads of random Netflix documentaries Aye. and half of them didn't really couldn't but yeah um, now the favourite film we've seen this year but was not released this year so this is for obviously films that have impressed us impressed us but it wasn't released Aye. in the year of 2017 would you like to go first? Aye um, I'll go with one of the Big films I watched see last year that I couldn't get around to seeing, and that was Patriots Day mm. with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I watched that. It came out. There was like a screening copy of that released aye, January, aye. February, and I watched it, and I was really, like, really impressed with it. Actually, it made me invested in the film for the whole two and a half hours it was on. I was it fucking sucked you in. Mm-hmm. I was the same. I put on, on like this was like going through Cody, and this is at the stage where I lose my teller with it. And every second film wasn't working and when I've got one that was working which was Patriot's Day I said right let's just leave this on see where it goes because I wasn't sure yeah like Mark Wahlberg's not always the most bankable guy to watch Aye. depending and this one just when it fucking kicks in and you realise wait Patriot's Day and it's the fucking busted marathon bombing you're like oh yeah. fuck and like you need to at least watch the bombing bit and see how that's done Aye. and by that time you're you're in like you're seeing it for yeah several perspectives of everyone going there that day and when it fucking kicks in it's just like yeah nah, I need to I, see I, this through it feeds you with like so many emotions and that like it it keeps you thrilled and it fucking builds attention like mm-hmm. especially the standoff bit and all that yeah. Aye. Fucking, 
and the and it's great to see how the police force like the response of it happening like how they get like an empty warehouse and that becomes a headquarters and fucking everything and anything's uh. all being planned out they're collecting all the fucking debris they've got plans for everything but as you're saying there about like the sort of like the climactic shootout when they're pinning the boys down uh. and you've got like a shootout across a couple gardens and it's like uh. that strange um, I don't know if it's camaraderie would be the word but like when there's a police guy a police officer shooting out with one of the terrorists in one of like the Boston a guy in his house opens the door and throws him a base bat he's like go get him like we're in a fucking gunfight what the fuck am I going to do with a baseball bat but it has like some of those weird funny moments but I wonder like if that's just a funny antidote of something that actually happens like if someday like we just want to help it, so he just fucking chucks a baseball bat aye. to a cop if he needs it. But aye, I've I've only watched it once. Ah, I'm the same. How are you feeling about? Because it's a year later, and now we're getting to see the Jake Gyllenhaal. I've I've never seen the trailer of that. Yet. Aye, I uh, don't know. Stronger, if, isn't it? It's more of a more of a serious. It's like a less action oriented. The, the true story on the guy that the survivor. Yeah, that lost his legs. Because that's also, the, like, obviously it's a very fucking real film, but when they show you the footage at the end of, like, the survivors, and, yeah. like, the most real film, uh, most films based on real true stories, shows you the actor and then a photograph of the real person. And in this day and age, they just show you all videos of them, like the guy that lost his legs, completing the marathon again with his yeah. uh, thing. Oh, what's the fucking... I was going to say bionic legs, but it's not. Um, the the fucking oh, replacement legs he was given. Aye. Aye. So I'd be interested to see how Stronger goes. I feel, I wonder if that's, I think that might be an Oscar worthy. Like, Aye. The, the serious subject, um, the time of year it's getting released at. Like, I'd imagine Jake Gyllenhaal have to put in a hell of a performance to yeah. come off believable in it. So, we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, for me, one of the big films <clears throat> that impressed me this year was It Follows. All right. Like, that was... Well, I recorded it on film four absolute donkeys ago and just never got around to watching it until just randomly one night. It's sort of like the bench was held. There was like two hours. I'm like, what are we going to do? It's like, fuck it. This film's supposed to be good. Let's watch it. And that's it. As soon as it starts, and you you get the gist of what's going on, when the fact that what looks like complete strangers following people, and yes, yeah, the hooks in you, and you're like fuck, because uh. it could be whatever this fucking curse is that's following you. It could be disguised as anyone, and it's when uh. that lassie's in the college and looking out the window across the field, chock for students, but they're just women in a hospital gown walking across the field, staring her out, and it's like. <laughs> Just that unsettling uh, feeling of you can never stop this uh, person. So I mean, you were—I mean, you were talking. About, I've, I've still not seen it yet, but I mean, you were talking about how like, how good the score was. Yes. How it was very like syn- like synthesized. I don't know. Eh? Aye, aye, and it does. It just—it's a—it's a sort of like a slow burning tension builder. Like you're just like fucking move, 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 and you think it's fine, and just a person walks into shot, and whatever spirits that's following them could just change to whatever. Uh, so it could just be looking like one of their friends walking towards them not answering their questions like what's wrong 
they grab them and that's it. As long when they get you, it's over. But that impressed me. Yeah. You got another one? Aye, I'll go with fucking Deepwater Horizon. Another Aye. Mark Warburg film. Mm-hmm. And same know, same director. It's Patriots Day, isn't it? Aye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that on my flight coming back for Florida back at the start of the year. And it was another film that was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And I had fucking a massive cast. Aye. Uh, and it was, again, it was another well well shot film. Mm-hmm. And I like the fucking, it was, it was the same, another film that sucked you in. Aye. And you knew what was going to happen. Aye. And the fucking, the build up to it was good. And then when it actually, like when the fucking oil blew, like it was fucking chaos. Aye. Like the way you had... Kurt Russell in the shower. Kurt Russell getting fucking blown out of shower and doing a corridor. Yeah. And lived. Um, he was like practically blind after that. Eh? Aye. He was like all the debris was in like his face and shit. Buck ass naked, fired in fucking corridor. Mark Wahlberg got skelped in the pus of a door. Ah, that was <laughs> fucking sick. Um, there's, who is it? Ethan Suplee's in there. Aye. There's John another, Malkovich. John Malkovich. He played the, uh, the owner. Was it the owner or the chairman of BP? Uh, I think he maybe was the chairman. Because he was the one that knew about the the uh, problem, but didn't know how yeah. to fix it because of like money issues and all that. Exactly, and he's sitting telling Ethan Supley to override the security warning things like that. Aye. And like they all knew, it was like this is no, like this is not going to end well. Aye. And just when it goes on fire, it's like a fucking Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. Like and like, I'm not going to lie as well. Like I did have a lump in my throat like at the end. Mm-hmm. when they were like reading through the names of all the folk that didn't like, make it out and all that I did I did like pluck the heartstrings a wee bit like mm-hmm. I wonder what I can't even think of the, the director's name but I was like Peter Berg like what's this feels like almost a a true story trilogy that he's knocking at you that's his last two films that I'm aware of are both based fact, on I, fucking disasters he directed that Lone Survivor way Ah. Mark Wahlberg, which again was another true story. Exactly. Jesus Christ, maybe that is the trilogy. Uh. The fucking Mark Wahlberg true story trilogy. Uh. Um, another one I liked this year was, well, that I saw this year, was The Handmaiden, the South Korean film from Park Chan-wook. That came out just at the end of last year, eh? or something like that. Yes, I think it was definitely, it was 2016. I think it hit cinemas here in October. Then it got re-released again in April. Then it got like a Blu-ray DVD in August. Because I think what happened was your normal cut was October. Then you got a director's cut in the first half of this year. And then you got both of them on DVD and Blu-ray during the summer. Um, And again, that got a lot of attention because I had like a quite an explicit lesbian sex scene in it. I guess shades of that. French blue is the warmest color. Mm. That was sort of like when you say those two film titles, everyone goes, "Oh, I the film with the fucking lesbian sex scene in it." But again, it's one of these things. There's a, a big story around that lesbian sex scene, uh. and the way the story's fucking told and the handmaiden is absolute brilliant. It's done in chapters, only three chapters, uh. but each chapter's from perspectives of of the main characters. So you're watching, again, the same story a couple of times, but for different angles and what people come off looking gullible to begin with. Like, it's really well told. And I'm waiting for, more or less, 
I'm waiting for it to go streaming. I'm waiting for it to get on like Netflix or something. So there's a chance for us to do a podcast about it. Aye. Like just the chance that all three of us could easily access it. Then that's like next week, next week. Could we do this? Could we do this? Because I really want to fucking talk about this film. Yeah. But aye. So they're two of the ones. Like I scrolled through fucking hundreds of films I've seen and aye. I really couldn't figure it. Like did I see that this year or not? And that's the majority of the fucking films I've seen this year that I really want to talk about are from this year. Uh. So, without further ado, let's wade into our top 10 films of 2017. Yeah. How are you doing yours? Are you doing like a sort of like a top 10 count? Starting for 10, going um, down to 1? Is it a, like a, a numerical order? Do you have a, like a number one movie of the year or do you have 10 great I've, films? I want numerical, but I don't apart from my top three, my other the other seven are interchangeable. Yeah, just they could easily change. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll mention now. Obviously, prior to the current podcast, we both went and saw Star Wars list, the Last Jedi. Yeah. So it kind of throws a spanner in the works. Um, if it if it cracks your top ten, that is, and for me, I feel it might have. Um, again, obviously, it's a giant fucking blockbuster film. Ah, yeah. Looking through my top ten list, I could see a film sliding out in the Last Jedi, sliding in. Yes, um, I'm looking at mines, and I feel I might have to do the same. Okay, right. That's there'll be honourable mentions. Um, I'll go number ten is the Foreigner. Ah, Jackie Chan, Pierce Brosnan, and director Martin Campbell who, according to the trailer for this film, I believe is the director of Casino Royale. All right. Um, well, rings a wee bit of that, no. Yeah, aye. I, I kind of thought someone else did Casino Royale, but unless he produced it. It was yeah. just a thumbnail, I'd just seen his name and Casino Royale on it. Um, it is based off of a, a Stephen Leather crime spy novel. So... It's all around IRA bombings in London. Uh, Jackie Chan's daughter's killed in the blast. He's obviously obsessed with finding out who are, who are the bombers. Give me their names. He just also wants justice for the daughter he's lost. And when he's pushed to his limit, it's sort of revealed that he is a, a special ops uh, agent soldier. Like right. He's more or less a man not to be messed with. He more or less turns into fucking Jason Bourne. Right. Action sequences are quite violent. Right. Some dude gets fucking ended with a widescreen telly, oh. and it's oh, like how you get those the the widescreen tellys now where they're really thin. And it's just a wee foot bases that you could just pick right. up with these. Yeah. Picks up for like the side and just fucking wallops some cunt or the head wet, uh. and the screen just bends on impacts. And it's like oh. it looks fucking brutal, and you could. Compared to a lot of things, it's lot. A chunk of it is like Rambo, like he's hiding in the woods. He's got all these traps, and yeah. uh, they didn't shy away for it, like watching Fox stand on fucking, like fucking big rakes and nails, and uh. there's no, there's not really any gore, uh. wee bit of blood. They're no shy with fucking shooting folk, yeah. And aye, it's got like sort of a gritty realism to it as well. Yeah. Like you'd imagine. This is how um, the government would respond, or special task forces Aye. would respond to torturing terrorists for information. Yeah. 
Like at one point they're literally pulling out the fucking. They've got the car battery and the clippers out. Ah oh, right, jump leads. Yeah, so it's like, and the fact they don't show you. They just cut to the next scene. And like they've got the information they needed in the next scene. Aye. So you could just imagine where fucking electrodes were being clipped. Yeah. Um, but aye, it's just something totally fucking different to see Jackie Chan in, like Jackie Chan, Rush Hour, uh, fucking rigs at his old Hong Kong martial aye. arts movies. You don't expect him to see to see him in a fucking straight faced yeah. serious fucking spy thriller. I've not seen I've not seen many of Jackie Chan's latest ones. I think the last one I actually watched was New Place Story. Yeah. Aye. And that was it. And that was a good few years ago. Yes, aye. I, that might be ten years old now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's you. no longer New Police Story. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was just great to see something so fucking different. And Aye. I think that's one of the things he likes to do as well. I think he still likes to kind of yeah. show that he does something different. I read that Pierce Brosnan's got a really thick Irish, Irish accent. accent. Yes, and what I found out this morning, um, a woman I worked with, like it was completely fucking random. And I was I was recommending The Foreigner to her because she likes the occasional action film. Yeah. I said, like, oh, Pierce Brosnan's in it and he's got a strong Irish accent. And as I kind of decide whether it's a good accent or a bad accent, she said to me, "As well, his mum's got a strong one, like a strong Irish accent." I said, "Aye." I work with her like in London. I was like, "Okay." And right enough, <laughs> this woman's lived a life. She has worked up and in the country. Basically, with him. And like she, <clears throat> she knew him for from the days of Remington Steel, like, when uh, he was doing those films. Aye. She meet. She met him several times around then, just through working with the mother and him uh. visiting the mother. But she says, oh, I would pull off an Irish accent easily because yeah. it's like it comes from an Irish family. And I've, I've not checked up, but I'll take her for her words. Yeah. What about you? Uh, First I, one on the list. And at number 10 for me was Free Fire. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Now, it came out in America in 2016, but mm-hmm. it didn't come out here till fucking way into March, April. Ah, yeah. And it was a film that two years were like, eagerly anticipating. Mm-hmm. Because we thought the trailer looked good. Exactly. Uh, and the fact that it was all condensed into sort uh, of one location. Yeah. And I, I thought it lived up to what it was. I thought it was quite a wee quirky film. Mm-hmm. And that fucking Charlotte Copley steals it, as uh, usual. Exactly. And I, like, yeah, I quite liked um, uh, Army Hammer in it as well. Yeah. He was actually surprisingly quite good. Aye, uh, and you had Brie Larson. Brie Larson was the uh, leading lady. Uh, but I, it was a. Uh, Pretty much what it was, it was just uh, in the one room for the whole 85, 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of wee twists and turns here and there, which were quite surprising. Yeah, I like, the, they all had like their petty little squabbles. Yeah. And did it all not kick off? Because one of the, the Irish boy shagged somebody. Aye. Aye. And it just <coughs> stemmed from there into fucking absolute Aye, chaos. That's how it basically fucking fell apart. Mm-hmm. And at the, one of the, Twist salad was the fact that there was like there were like snipers away in the back of the warehouse. Aye. Like watching like the drop. Aye, it, it, I'm thinking back to I reckon would you say it's got shades of like like a guy Ritchie crime feel to it or maybe a style of filmmaking? Um I know like. Mm-hmm. I mean like I did because like fucking there was a few folk in the film as well that got shot to shit and they were like still crawling about aye still trying to get a gun and all that and, like, is there not one cunt that got shot in the head like a black dude 
and he lifts. Aye. Or he was just like, it was just groaning on the ground. Aye. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was quite a, a wee pleasing film. Aye. I reckon what the director's done next, it was Ben, ben Wheatley. Wheatley, yeah. Yeah. Aye. I have no wonder, I wonder I if he's doing I've anything. I've not seen anything as of yet. Aye. Number nine, I'm going to go for uh, Blade Runner 2046. I've, I've whipped it. 2046 is a fucking Hong Kong film for Wong Kar That's my fault. Um, aye. Blade Runner. It's a prequel for three years ago. Shut up. No. Blade Runner 2049. Really? That low on the list? No, that, it's not. Aye, it's a no. Aye, I, I, I've put it down as my sequel of the year. Aye. Right, sort of come back to. Although, I wonder, does that. Is that a power struggle with Star Wars now? Uh, um, aye, it was, it was one of those films where I'll probably appreciate a lot more for multiple watches. Aye, like we said, like, it's a film that I'm probably going to pre-order. Mm-hmm. And uh, aye, it's a film I'm looking forward to watching again. Yes. And, like, the, the fucking the director, Dennis Devolver. I feel her no from it. Yes, aye. really fucking, like, done well. The feelings there. It, it, it just looks like it just looks authentic. like a, ah, it looks authentic. Like, it's still, like, it's, ah, basically, it's kind of like almost like transports you back into like the eighties when you're watching Blood Runner again. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gosling does get in it. Uh, ah. Sorry, the the female sidekick with that Anna de Armas or something. Oh, like yeah. the hologram that follows yeah, some. Yeah, uh, Joy. Yes, yes. And then, like when Harrison Ford shows up because Aye. that's a, it's a lengthy wee film isn't Aye, it he doesn't shot till what maybe I feel like an hour and a half ah so still like an hour and a bit to go in Aye, and you can tell there, there's like mood shifts there because all the stuff with Ryan Gosling all seems to be in this blue and then it all changes to like warm contrast when they go into the fucking desert yeah they find all these weirdly pornographic statues and Harrison Ford Aye. trying Aye, to think Gosling's Did... trying to find out who he is Aye, and how goes f- back to that factory. Yeah, when he stole, he stole away that wee horse. Aye, and the way that like the story is really actually good. It's, it's not a type of thing that you need to watch ten times to figure out the story. The story is straightforward. Yeah, enough. Like when you get that twist at the end, where like because the the whole time you're thinking is is Ryan Gosling like the son of Harrison Ford's character? Yeah. Did they have a fucking child with the android and? Rachel and things like yeah. that and you're just left thinking and when they reveal the actual case you're like it makes perfect sense the flashbacks make sense and it's just the new creepy authority authority characters with um, Jared Leto the his right hand woman Aye. who is fucking hard as nails mm. I like the fucking scenes for her and Robin Wright Aye. Where she plays a hard as nails character and then I'll just smash a tumbler in your horns Aye. and see how hard you are now when I batter your face off the desk. Yeah. Like, it just impressed me and every person I know that's went to seen it has yeah. been overly impressed. And a fucking Richard, is it Deacon? The Decker. No, Wait. The, the guy does the cinematography for it. Oh, fuck it. Richard Deacon. Deacon or something. But if he doesn't get, like, Best Oscar for his cinematography for that film. I'm pretty sure there'll be riots all over it because it, it's fucking beautiful to watch. Aye, aye, it is. It's a fucking... It like, is. 
even the music the music is really good as well mm-hmm. aye does they miss a beat um, but aye there is like even though they might fuck or say it might not be the most entertaining film but it's, it's a fucking beautiful film aye. like it's as a film you have to listen aye you know, and it it answer well do you feel that answered the question that everybody was wondering if Deckard was a yeah. fucking android or a what was the fucking I've, I'm blanking on what they fucking cry them Re- uh, replicants yeah I know that was it I feel that was just something daft that's like theorists tend for the first one and then through all these fucking different cuts either made yeah. it clearer or foggier for folk but yeah next um, one number nine on my list is a surprising one I actually really enjoy watching was a good time Oh, aye. Uh, Robert Patterson. Yes. And Daisy Domergue was in it as well. Oh. But has very, very, very small role for her, but she was in it. What was she, was she playing like a mother role? She or? was playing the girlfriend of uh, Robert Patterson. Aye. But um, aye, this, this film was like, I worked really well. It was like nine, nine, 90 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with. Um, the guy that plays Patterson's brother, he's got a like a learning difficulty, mm-hmm. and he's a Weasley psychiatrist, or whoever it is he's with, and he's getting asked questions, and I, and he doesn't like getting asked questions and stuff, mm-hmm. and I, and then they end up robbing a bank, and they get caught, right, and basically. When he's in the holding cell, he gets like, beat up, put in hospital. Right. Robert Patterson feels that he needs to like bust him out once he's short on the bail money. Mm-hmm. And there's a fucking great twist, 45 minutes into the film, uh-huh. where it completely turns the film on its head, and it's fucking brilliant. And Robert Patterson's role in it is really good. Aye. He played a very fucking sleazy, unlikable character. Is he it looks like a drug dealer for the, aye, just to the trailer. Aye, like he's he just uses and abuses everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, he just tries to get everything out of everybody, and uh, and it's it's a great fucking role, and uh, it's, I've not seen I don't think I've actually seen a lot of Robert Pattinson films, yeah. but I tend to avoid like, like, aye, Twilight. Aye, we didn't go out our way to watch um, stuff like that. But aye, this film was like really good, and mm-hmm. the the ending was. Was quite satisfying as well. Aye, and and it was you be like high speed chases and stuff, and it was, but just a twist. I'm I'm not going to ruin it, but the twist yeah. is fucking superb. Mm. And uh, so I'll wait for you watch it and then aye, tell me what you think. And because it's, it's one of the films that was like below the radar, mm-hmm. but it got a lot of recognition at like the Cannes films and, and the Sundance. And yeah, because that. that's it. I remember <laughs> the the trailer getting some traction. Uh, but I guess I'm just gonna have to wait for either like a UK DVD release or if it hops on like Netflix now TV, Aye. I'll jump on it. Um, what I'm dubbing my Netflix movie of the year is Shimmer Lake, ah, which is quite an interesting wee film. That, to be honest, if Rain Wilson, one of the stars of the film, never fucking mentioned it on like social media, it probably would have flew right past me. Yeah, and then I noticed a few people on Twitter coming out uh, saying they were surprised that they enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought, fuck it, I'll watch it. And then 
when you get ten minutes in and you realise Rain Wilson's killed off in the first scene, you're like, oh fuck, that's this might not be really good. I might just have to see like where it fucking goes for here. And it starts off like Friday. Ah. And you watch it and the day ends and then it comes up Thursday and you realise the fucking movie's playing in reverse. Um, it's all coming to the tail end of like a like a bank robbery. Ah, the bank robbery gone wrong. Aye, exactly. It's gone wrong. There's all these weird things. It, it, it feels weird as fuck because you're watching it in the wrong order. Like you see one police officer going to pick up another police officer, and the fact that he has to go sit in the back seat has an absolute tantrum in the street, and you're like, Aye. what the fuck is this about? And it's not till the fucking film goes on and you realise he's been getting bumped for the front seat every fucking day. If Friday is the reason on why like he's had it all week and he just yeah. fucking blows. Aye. So it's fucking clever. A wee bit dark. Actually, it is pretty fucking dark. But a bit funny as well. I reckon whether comparing it to Fargo is like a a, a good way to describe it. Uh, I think um, well, I only just watched it this week. Mm-hmm. I watched it the other night. And like, if you never told me that it was fairly, like played it in reverse. Like, like the trailer didn't say nothing nope. about that, which I thought was fucking good because, like, that's sort of gripe the last few years is like the trailers show far too much. Aye. And I thought the wee twist at the end was really good as well. I thought it was nicely done. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never suspected it at all. Aye. And it was actually really good. It was Aye. the one scene that did actually like shock me and it did kind of maybe chuckle it was the, the judge. Right, aye, uh, his... Yeah, his wee... Was it a bedroom shenanigan? Aye, mm-hmm. with like a total fucking acid kid. Aye. <laughs> who um, uh, has like really bad, like, IBS. Yes. <laughs> aye, I do remember, like, this, uh, there's a toilet flushing moment. Where it's like, you know, this has been quite a crucial scene, but uh, I need to go. <laughs> um, but aye, I thought, um, thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it is... Um, who fucking, who is... Oh, it's not a really well known cast either. I was the only people I recognise in it apart from Rain Wilson. I recognise a judge, but I can't remember what I've seen him in. Aye. But it's um, Rob Corroderi plays the, yep. the FBI guys. Mm-hmm. One of the two agents. Aye, him. I recognise him. Aye. But I didn't recognise anybody else. Mm-hmm. In fact, I recognised the guy that orchestrated the bank robbery. But I really can't remember what he was in. Hmm. The kind of blonde hair. Aye. I remember him. I'm certain he was in an episode of Black Mirror from last year where a guy drives a VR helmet and it goes horribly wrong. Ah, right. But, um, what about yourself? Number eight pick. Number eight for me was... I'd probably put it up one of the one of the best sequels of the year was John Wick Two. Mm, okay. I was surprised at how good this film was. Aye. And considering how well the first one was, like how well made and how like good it was to watch. Yeah. The second one just fucking turned it up and it's even better. And it was maybe almost as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. I need to watch it again because I was watching it at a time where. My kids were sick. Like I got halfway through the film, and then I knew one of my kids was going to throw up. 
So it was the chaos of running around, uh, trying not to get vomit everywhere whilst the film was still playing in the living room. Yeah. So I never gave it a fair watch. So it didn't get into my top ten. No. But purely just because I need to give it a second go, I feel. Aye. Like, the action scene, like, with him and... Is is it Common? The dude? Aye, like, Common, their, aye. Their fight... Fighting in the street, they're rolling down the fucking flight of concrete stairs, and it is the action has they missed a beat, and it's it's sort of like it expanded the universe, like how there's other hotels, like there's more assassins, and yeah, it's because it was was it Shane Black that was the the fucking man, no, Shane Black was one of his pals. Aye. Or Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Aye, aye, That's it. Shane Black's the fucking Predator director. Aye. Aye. I thought the film was like really well made. Now, like the, like even like the cinematography and that, like the fucking as just as good. It's like clean, mm-hmm. and really sharp. Gunplay is really good. Yeah. And I, it's, I still think like the best scene in the first film is where he's like doing the shooting in the nightclub. Mm-hmm. Aye. And it's really good. But it's a scene at the end where, well, I think it's at the end, but John Wick's going through like a shopping mall. He's getting tailed by Common. Common's on the upper level mm-hmm. trying to shoot him. There's like other assassins below him and, that, and it's still like really good. Mm-hmm. Even though like when I've seen the trailer for the first John Wick and I've seen the plot behind it and it was the fact that he was getting revenge on his dog getting killed and that, I was like, really? Aye. But it was a good film. And, and I'm kind of hoping that there is going to be a third one. Mm, I'm, sure I'm, sure, I'm sure there is talk to say a third one, but I've not seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm. But aye, it's a really good film. Uh, number seven, for me, what I've classed as the, the summer blockbuster of the year is It. Ah. Remake of the Stephen King clown horror. And I... I mean, I really just loved it for its its eighties. Ah, yeah. exactly. Nostalgia is the, the right word, uh, because you get that a lot nowadays with like Netflix's Stranger Things. That's a big nostalgia haul where just like groups yeah. of kids pissing about on their bikes and what fucked up adventures they end up on, and it is the same thing. Uh, it's just a whole group of kids and just this horrible, creepy clown is slowly yeah. entering all of their lives. Yeah. And the whole story behind it, it, like, from the wee fat kid that's moved to town, starts reading up the history, and seeing it in the cinema was a great treat because a lot of, like, I think everyone went in with expect the expectation that they were going to shit themselves seeing this movie. Uh-huh. And I was one of the people that came out of it thinking it wasn't a scary film. But the audience I watched it with screamed so much, uh, got jump scared so much. Uh, like, it was funny to I watch. I think the biggest jump scare was the bathroom. Bathroom, I the lassie. Aye, because he just turns around and he's there. He's there, and it's it's such a like the fact that he could change because it looks like he's touching the fucking ceiling, looming down over yeah. it. Like the most disturbing scene I thought of it was when he was in the the boys' basement. And he's got Georgie's there, but you realise it's is he's like torn in half, and he's holding it by like the as by the bottom of the back like a fucking puppet, 
Uh, and he's just screaming like, you float too, you float too. Uh, and then just he just gets all distorted and he just fucking fl- rushes him in the water. Term, aye. Aye. Um, I watched it maybe last month, I think it was. And I wasn't a fan of the, the miniseries, apart from like, 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 I like Tim Curry's performance in it, mm-hmm. but I just found it dull and really boring. In fact, it was over three hours as well. It was a long push. Yes, aye. And... Watching the first ten minutes, I was like immediately fucking hooked there, mm-hmm. and I, I thought the first ten minutes was superb. And I, and like I say, like, I like to be like jump scares in it and stuff, and I like the nostalgia feel with it. Aye, the fact that one of the kids for Stranger Things was in it as well. He was, was brilliant, like, he, he was like, he was a really foul mouth there. Complete opposite of his Stranger Things character. Yeah, and he was he was dropping all of the, like son of a bitch. He was saying yeah. all hung and. The crowd fucked, like, everyone, like, he was the the comedic relief to, to being fucking yeah. scary at times. And I love, like, the brawl they had with, like, the older kids. Aye. And they're doing by the, like, the wee river and they start chucking stones at each other. And fucking anthrax caught in a mosh starts playing in Aye. the background as they're all lobbing fucking rocks at each other. And the boy for Stranger Hing gets one right in the pus and Aye. he's going down. But you still see Pennywise in the bushes and chewing on a fucking arm. Yeah. Just always kind of their thing, but aye. Um, I was quite surprised at how well it was because, like, like how well, like received it was. Aye. Like, like, I think we've come to the conclusion that horror films is like pretty much dying nowadays. Like, there isn't anything really super. Aye, the, apart the from proper it, like, gory horror isn't aye. a big impact as it was say ten years ago. Aye, but. I know they are making like the second one where it's going to be like them, like aye, because mm-hmm. that was what the miniseries was. The first part was about the as kids, the second part was about them as adults. Aye. So I'm kind of wondering how they're going to go with it. Aye, the 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 acting choice will be an interesting one. Aye. Who they will what who will they actually get to portray yeah. these kids? Because that was the thing, like it was a cast of nobodies that was in this one, apart from Bill the, Skarsgård that played Pennywise. Aye, aye, because nah, there's, there's nah, the unknown, know. and that lends itself so much to the film. Yeah. Like, the the kid for Stranger Things was a given, and it doesn't spoil the film, because yeah. fuck, he's a kid, it's not as if Brad Pitt's playing his dad, and yeah. things like that will take you out of it, but yeah, the fact that it just it looks like a normal bunch of kids aye. really lent to it. Yeah. Um, number um, seven for you? Number seven for me is, and I'm not going to get any of that much, is The Last Jedi. Yeah, okay, let's let's get out of the road. I'm not going to like spoil it as much, but no. I like that. In fact, I actually preferred it to The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fucking sold on the wee porgs. Like, they were funny. Aye. They, they were a nice little touch. Where yeah. In fact, it was the... Not only the porks, but the things on the island would look... They cried them ta- caretakers, Caretakers, eh? aye. They and looked it like was, nuns, almost. Yeah, and it was when um, she... Oh, what was it they done? What was it she done? Was she training and accidentally knocked boulders down and it wiped out all... She hit the boulder they had a with a lightsaber. Aye, and they were walking down with the wheelbarrow. And it just... <laughs> yeah, because the first time when you seen them was when she shot through the... 
a hole in the wall and they're having to repair it and they're cursing and swearing in their own wee language aye aye they were nice little touches but the porgs reaction like just slack jaw reaction to most things is priceless when they were uh, when Chewbacca was fucking eating the wee mini uh, chicken aye chicken and all that and Mm -hmm. they were just like standing looking I'm like totally salivating at it no no he roasted a little porg they were horrified that he was about to eat one of them. <laughs> That's why they're like, I'm saying um, he must have caught one and fucking plucked it, roasted it. I fucking thought Andrew Driver's performance as Carol Ren was like really good. It, he turned it to the next level. Aye, like, compared to uh, Force Awakens. Obdi was so mixed with him with the Force Awakens. Like the Aye. decision to take off the mask, the fact that he looked like a big mopey goth. Like he's Aye. changed it. Aye. Like. Like I, um, you can see that you can see in this one that he's probably gonna that if he looks and he has the mentality to be a lot darker than fucking like Darth Vader and mm-hmm. all that. Aye, and I think that's one of the great things about the the new lease of life that Star Wars has got new because it could go much further. Yeah, and like we're just seeing the evolution of all these characters and it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. They, could go on to fucking darker things. Yeah. Uh, at the start when like Ray's evolution as well. Aye. And they made you think that was going two different directions. Yeah. You had that that bizarre Man, it's hard to talk about without really giving away details. Um I quite what what I did like about I liked the the opening sequence when they were storming the Oh, what? they cried at uh, a dreadnought. Yes. Aye, when the Pope was going after dreadnought, mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice wee sequence. Aye, and aye, that's because the action was good. Like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of of space shootouts, uh, but it was all really reserved. And when it did happen, it was really exciting. Yeah. Like. When the the fight with the elite guards and like all, more or less everything in the, the third act. Oh, the like the, the like, red guards, the red eye. Like that was really fucking cool. Aye. And the the lightsaber on like that salt island, that planet at the end where Aye. the two boys were fighting. Like that, like I fucking g'd up for that. And just the the fact that it's not nostalgia and. Aye, I think Force Awakens gave you all the, all the nostalgia in this. Yes. This. I was showing you. you that. Aye. Getting to see all the, the big robots from the other movies, like the AATs, like <laughs> AT-ATs, whatever they cried. But it was like just getting to see somebody else play with the toys for a change. Yeah. And getting to see it being um, done one so of differently. Other, one of my favourite sequences is when they go to that casino. Aye, uh, I just love that it's, it's expanding like the canon. Like for all the other films, there was never really like you had like aye. the cantina, but this is it. You've got your kind of the like their Vegas. This there's like a yeah. casino now where all these yeah. sleazy cunts are. I think with my birthday money, I'm probably going to buy a wee pork pork vinyl, aye. maybe a wee BB one. But like what I said earlier, I really want a fucking uh, remote, remote control, control BB8. Aye, and he's. To be honest, he's BB-8, winning me around like BB was one of the best parts of the Force Awakens. Aye, 
Like when him and um, Paul Dameron is also a fucking great Aye, character as well. He's fucking evolved so much in that. Oscar, Oscar Isaac plays it perfect. Like you're what like when you see the trailers, like oh, I guess this is supposed to be our Han Solo now, uh, but but it's not. He's a fucking a great character anyway. Like people should have now shed these preconceived notions of Ray's our Leia, fucking uh, John Boyega's our Skywalker, like. We're, it's all changing now. We're getting to see them become their own folk, yeah. going their own direction with the or, origin story over and done with. To throw Porgs in and BB-8 with him rolling about full of fucking gold coins. Aye, because the wee fucking, the wee hang thinks he's a puggy machine at the exactly. start. Exactly. He's like fucking trying to put money and hold a wine glass on him and all that. I wasn't too sure at first when that joke about like it's it's like a telephone call and the guy can't hear me the other ends. Uh, and I was like yeah. and I'm trying to think to myself Oh like, we're just speaking to um Hux. Hux. Aye. Uh, and he's like, Wait, hello, hello and there's like just pe- taking the piss out of him, pretending there's a signal interference. Uh, and it's like I'm trying to think, should Star Wars films be this funny? Yeah. I was in two minds where it's like, because th- there's a lot of comedy in it. Yeah, aye. Cause or, I, I kind of remember a lot of comedy being in the original trilogy. Aye, so... And it... it, it, it I get, well, this is Ryan Johnson's vision of it. And yeah. Some of it works. Um, maybe one part I found was a wee bit tedious was, like, this, this slow chase and we kept seeing the same shot of, like, a Star Destroyer firing ships, a transport ship that had a shield... Aye. And we just kept seeing two shots going zoom, zoom, hit a shield. It's like, Aye. I've seen this shot about six times now. We under, we understand that yeah. they're being pursued. I think maybe the runtime hurts that a wee bit as well, because it is like two and a half hours. Aye. Well, that's, I think that might be a bigger factor in rewatch. Like, watching it for the first time, it does. It's 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 a slow start, because yeah. you've got Ray meeting Luke Skywalker, and I think in if it's, it's given away in the trailers, but... He doesn't want her to be there. He's uh, hesitant to teach her. He doesn't want anything. But when it picks up in the second act and, and, and the third, like it, it's like you're going uphill on a roller coaster. Like There's a slow build, and when you get to the top, it just fucking takes off. Uh, like when that guy makes a cameo appearance uh, uh, to Luke Skywalker, and they're burning the thing, and... Like the Texas and oh, like yeah, that dude oh, shows yeah. up and starts giving a speech. Like it was great to see that happen oh. and that that dude they meet in the prison that they need to break yeah, the code oh, was a like that was a great choice for him. It was great to see him show up and do stuff. Yeah, and the same with the introduction of the 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 Asian character Rose. Aye, oh. like I'm glad they're no shy of like adding more folk as it goes. Yeah. And even like all the kamikaze bomber stuff at the start. Aye. Like um I thought uh Carrie Fisher's like last performance was like was her was all her scenes filmed before she yeah, passed, was it? It was finished be- was aye, it? Aye, 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 so that's alright then. Because I thought see when we there's a psych part, moment like where you think, <gasps> is that it? And then like psych and it's, it's almost like Mary Poppins. Aye. There was like a part where I thought, well, that's a bit of a fucking cop out. Aye, did like, she die that... two days in the filming? Yeah. And is that how they explain, like, the eye, let's go. Aye. Yeah. But I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's I'll tell you that that that'll be my Star Wars portion. That was in my list as well. Aye. Um, so I'll go to my my documentary of the year, Jim and Andy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How could it not be in my list? Um, another de- Netflix documentary. Yeah. The the behind the scenes footage of Man on the Moon. That is like mind bending, spell binding. It's so fucking weird. You wouldn't believe it unless Just you watch it. Yes, like yeah. you, you, we've all heard about fuck being method actors, and but to hear the fact that Jim Carrey was like that became mentally Andy Kaufman because he pretty much like they say they pretty much showed up. At the building for the audition as Andy Kaufman. Yep. And and then that did not stop till fucking the ending of the film. Mm-hmm. And he said it himself, like he was at a beach, I think if he was skipping stones, and he just he just Andy walked up to him, pat him on the shoulder and told him, I'm taking over, take a break and Jim Carrey was gone and that was it. And just the watching the reactions of the people like Danny DeVito, Paul Giamatti, the the Aye. folk from Taxi, and everyone yeah. just could not believe it. Like Andy Kaufman's family were there, and they're Aye, all having it was, it was her, his daughter, eh? Aye, and I think his sister was there, and like the fucking it is so fucking weird to watch, but it's yeah. fucking amazing that they, <clears throat> they thought to film it. Yeah, because there was tons of footage. Aye, it was. Yeah. It was the like the foresight, like the fact that that film's probably twenty years old by now. Ah, it's about that, aye. But the decide now, like let's release that as a documentary. Yeah. Like what? Imagine like that's that's sat in an office for twenty years. Yeah. And like that could have continued to sit there. And to be honest, I would never been any of the wiser unless I maybe raked through trivia on Man in the Moon and read things that saying he was. He stayed yeah. in character when he was off yeah. screen, and they thought, "Ah, oh, that's neat." But no, it's fucking crazy. Aye, it's the, the Tony bit Clifton. It's, yeah, but it's, it's a bit where he goes into fucking Jerry Lawler's trailer. Aye, and, uh, and he's like, he's fucking calling him out, and, he, and he's fucking bad naming him and all that. And, Aye, it's uh, fucking brilliant. And Lawler doesn't get what the fuck's going. He's looking at the cameras like, "Is this guy for I'm real?" I'm pretty sure he actually takes the piss out of Lawler's girlfriend that was the cat at the time. Exactly. Aye. Aye. And Lothar snaps and just fucking grabs him and gets him to say, uh, apologise to uh, The whole should like, pounce on them to separate them, eh? Aye. And it, it just cements the reality about this. Yeah. But it's, it's truly fucking, like, worth the watch. Aye. And it's also a shame just to see maybe how fucked up Jim Carrey is now. Like, I feel he's... Like, because he's, he's narrating a lot of it. He's, they've got him there now this yeah. year to talk through it. And he just, I reckon he just seems. Like, I feel sorry for the the cunt having to pour himself into these roles uh, where he doesn't seem to have a choice. Like if if the fucking the ghost of Andy Kaufman came down and took over him, yeah. And then for him to do roles like Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, Truman Show, and it seems like the whatever acting process he goes through it must be emotionally draining, yeah. mentally fucking. I like. We'll take its time. I liked how we got the. I liked how Jim talked about 
his life before he got into that then. Yes. About his dad and that. Aye. And how the fact that he wrote himself a cheque for $10 million. And Aye. All that. That's like, like I thought that was, I thought that was pretty secret good. bullshit right there where like the power of positive thinking Aye. and it pays off like that. Yeah. They mentioned that year was it like 1994 with like The Mask, Ace Ventura yeah. and was it Man on the Moon or no, nah, that was a bit after it, Dumb wasn't it? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Like, the fact that he became a fucking huge A-lister. Aye, well, they just say three films in the first year of his like, career. Aye. And fucking shoot that fucking high and you can, you can only crash hard. But but it's all the footage of the director that I felt bad for. Aye, it's the bit where uh, they're filming in the... the like, sitting at the table and it's Jim Carrey and the director and, that, and they're talking about the the, the company like the fucking oh the producers and all that but like, like cutting the film and all that and like he actually like buys in it and he believes it mm-hmm. but oh fucking I reckon that a lot of the fucking like cast and crew were probably fucking needing therapy aye they'd be mentally exhausted like, uh, of having to work with him like when he came in and he had like a get over last and put up full volume and just pointing it towards the people aye. in the fucking makeup trailer and there's like one dude holding his fucking ears and aye that uh, good where he has a fucking like like Andy has a fucking argument with the actor that plays his dad and the dad's oh and the dad's that um... it's whatever the actor that's playing Andy Kaufman's dad and Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, have a fucking domestic in the makeup trailer and it's like a proper, like, I just want to do the best for you, son. It's like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And it cuts to the makeup woman crying and it's like, that's so fucking uh, real. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I'm like with my dad. And, and fucking Kerry is all, like, as, as Andy, he's like, I'm sorry. And he is, I, I, I truly believed he was like Andy Kaufman. Like, he just, I, I I bought into it and they're outside and they're hugging and they're yeah. making up and they're just it's like it's like it's so weird but it's so yeah. fucking like engrossing like like I, I, I couldn't like when it was on I couldn't like take myself away from it I had to yeah. just it's just a shame that Netflix didn't they fucking pull the trigger and put Man on the Moon on as well exactly Anyone in their right mind. I would have mind. happily watched Man on the Moon right after watching that aye, documentary. Aye, totally, because Netflix knew when any, when anything finishes, Big Tile comes up advertising the very next whatever they're telling that week. Man on the Moon should have been the first thing that pops up after it. All kind of would have pressed that button. Aye. Because you'd be thinking, how the fuck did they make a movie of all this fucking madness? Aye. What you got? Um, well, number six on my list was Jim and Andy. Right, okay. That was a good time to talk about it then. So, I'll move on to my number five choice. And my number five choice was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's cool. That one dropped off of my list. Like, that's maybe in my top 15. Uh, so, I'm glad you get to talk about it. Um, I, I was quite blown away by it. How, how good it was, how it actually... I'm still undetermined, like, if it's better than the first one or no. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, Kurt Russell, man. Aye. Kurt fucking Russell in that film. Aye. And that was it. It's like, how do you, how do you make something better than the first one? <laughs> Kurt Russell to it as fucking Star-Lord's dad. Like, yeah. 
fucking obviously like, I perfect. Bring it. I want to see this. As so like the opening. Is it the opening scene where it's the young Kurt Russell in the red car? Yes. And it. It's, it's also CGI and all that, and it, it looks so fucking good. Aye. Like, they are, the, it's, it's fucking witchcraft nowadays with this de-aging with special effects. But his character is Ego, and then you've got the some of your new superheroes, like that Mantis character, like his sidekick. Aye. And all the, the weird comedic, well, the weird comedy moments where she touches... Fox hands and ah. and it freaks out Star Lord's like you have love for her and, and it's like as a friend's like no like I can they can I'm paraphrasing like erotic yeah. love like a passion for her and Big David he's like ah, ah she yeah. just revealed your deepest darkest secrets yeah. do me do me <laughs> after that I did really like Dave Batista in this film I thought ah. he was really funny aye I mean he could do. Like, he's getting plenty of work new as like, villains in random movies, but this this weird comedy Marvel thing worked so well for yeah. him. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Like, um, what I thought was it was alright. It was a minor role, but I felt that it got spoiled. Knowing the trailer, but it got spoiled on the social media. Was the inclusion there Sylvester Stallone? Yes, and it, mm-hmm. and he only had like a two minute scene aye in the first 15-20 minutes of the film and that's it the the big shift in focus in the film it all really falls onto the show's uh, Mickey Rourke nope nope Michael Michael Rooker yeah and because he gets kicked out of the the Ravengers uh, yeah and now that's like the core that Stallone's in charge of isn't it yeah aye so they have like that wee dispute and he, he's almost looked upon as like he, he's at trafficking humans. Yeah. Which was kind of what was going on, but like the whole, the, well, I'll better not spoil it, but like the favours he did for Star Lords and how that pays off and the whole thing with Ego. Yeah. And when that's revealed, like it, it does. Like I imagine a lot of folk like got choked up and fucking really loved Michael Rooker's. Aye, Michael Rooker's character. Yeah. Like, his fucking line was, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Aye, that, that's been fucking memed to death, and I thought it was quite... My favourite scene in the film is when uh, Michael Rooker and Star-Lord are in the wee cell together, and they enlist Rocket Rock Eye. And they get they baby, get a baby Groot, Groot to, to go and the try and find the wee thing. And he's bringing back fucking everything. A desk, underwear. Severed toe. Yeah. Like, whose who's toe did you kill? Yeah. I thought that scene, well, it worked really well. Uh, and as well, Baby Groot is like, it's really infectious. Aye. And it, it is, it's, they really capture the mindset. It is like a fucking baby. It is. Yeah. It's the whole bit where really, like, Rocket's teaching them the protocol and pushing the button, when to do it and how to do it. Aye. And that's when he's thinking about doing like the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's like, hmm, aye, this this childlike wonder of yeah, looking between the two and aye, uh, I quite enjoyed it. Like I, I mean, when Guardians of the Galaxy was getting all the hype before it come out, it didn't draw me at all. Mm. 
and it wasn't until I read like the reviews, and then I watched. And the thing is, I've only watched the first one once. Aye, aye, and that's maybe about two, three years ago, maybe even. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I really need to watch it again. But it is actually one of like Marvel's like better film. Aye, definitely. Considering how oversaturated we're getting with Marvel nowadays. Yep. Like. I've not been interested in like fucking Wonder Woman, Justice League, fucking mm-hmm. like even Batman vs Superman and that. But Guardians worked for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was quite surprised at how good the second one really was as well. Aye, it's like one of those gambles that paid off because Guardians of the Galaxy. To be honest, I would never have heard of it until they announced it as a movie. Yeah. And you started looking at it, it's like a real lower tier comic. Yeah, and what worked for that film as well as the first one was the soundtrack. Yes, and to be fair, there this year there has been some fucking banging soundtracks and films. Mm-hmm. Definitely, number five, my animated film of the year is wait, Boss wait, Baby. What was your number six? Um, I will say that was Star Wars. All right. Oh yeah, aye, aye. Aye, so we kind of both talked at the same time. Oh, yeah. Then we both talked Jim and Andy at the same time. Yeah. So. Aye, Boss Baby was my next one in the list. So, I'd say best animated film of the year. Uh, uh, maybe purely for the fact Alec Baldwin is the voice of the baby really works. Alright, I've never seen it. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth at least one watch. Um, it's about a lorry who gets a little brother, but the little brother is actually uh, comes from a, a corporation. Like, mm. It's like the, the the parents bring him home. It's not like a born child. They bring him home. Ah. And he's there doing market research, but everyone thinks he's a baby. But the kid could hear him talking at nights and he's on his phone talking about meetings. Yeah. And it comes through and there's like the the brother rivalry where it's like, I'm a young kid. And he's working at all these things with the beads saying there's only so much love they could give me. And he's sitting, all the beads goes to the babies. And when they realise they've got a common threat, like, there's like the love for children is going away, it's going to a different thing. And he's trying to find out what that is. Yeah. So he enlists the help of his big brother to find out. Aye. But it's just Alec Baldwin plays it really smart and it it's like shades of his character for like, like the Thirty Rock T V series. Aye. And a sequence where they need to get to Vegas and they're in an airport trying to find a way to get to Vegas and there's an Elvis impersonator's flight. Uh, so they kidnap the costume of an Elvis impersonator and it's like a baby on the boy's shoulder with an Elvis thing on and they talk their own language but it's all like Elvis-anisms like humming a humming a humming a and it's all Heartbreak Hotel but it comes up with subtitles and they're saying like it's just all it's hard to describe but you yeah. understand it perfectly when you watch it yeah but it's a nice wee laugh it's something different and I think by the end of it you're like that's actually a clever wee kids film like it's not one of these things when you put it on like I feel there's a lot more thoughts being put to this than say like the Emoji movie yeah like ah, that's a film no I'm not really looking forward to seeing uh, but, but I know, know you're gonna see having it, but... children and when it becomes available for streaming we'll probably gonna have to suffer it at some point yeah but yes Boss Baby is the sole children's film uh, my number four pack was Logan that's a good call. And like we've already talked about it yeah. extensively. And I've still not like rewatched it. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I want to watch the noir. The noir. Yeah, I, 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 I might, I might not. But um, I think what worked for this film was like the R rating I got. Mm-hmm. Because that's what, like, that's what fans have been wanting for fucking ages. Just to see Wolverine fucking like, shred people up. Uh, and once again, like, like, like we said in the podcast, that like, Patrick Stewart was really good in it. Mm-hmm. And like, when you've seen him, like, first when he's in his bed and all that, he's, like, when he's bedridden pretty much. And yeah. it's when he's like, he cursing and swearing that. Steve Merchant was really good in it as yes. well. And I almost forgot he was in it. Aye. It's the fucking the, the mental trigger that kicks off when they're in Vegas, Aye. and how fucking paralyzing it is, and every like Wolverine's having to fucking drag him his claws through the fucking the brain waves just to get up to him to fucking give him the injection. But as it it's, I'm actually really looking forward to it coming on Sky next month. No, this month. I think it's at the end of December. That goes on now TV to start streaming, and I'm I'm itching to watch it again. Like Aye. even all the sequences where he comes across the like the black family they help on the motorway Aye. and have like that beautiful like that family meal together, Aye. and they're already settled in at night, and then, and then you get the young Wolverine shows up and it's fucking chaos. It it just it feels like something at a fucking Terminator movie when Aye. they're sitting deck and fucking yeah. each other and. Aye, I really look forward to seeing that film again. Yeah. What was... Because I feel like I just totally hijacked there. What was some of your favourite bits of it? Um, Vegas one was obviously really good. I think the, introdu- the introduction to... What was the name of the girl again? Oh, uh, like... Was it X-23 or something? Aye. Um, when... They were in, when they were isolated in the building when um, the fucking oh what was the name of the guy that caught up with them oh I yeah and the, like, the, the, the robotic black sunglasses and that mm-hmm. but it's been he catches up with them and it's when she comes out and then you see her like absolutely like, shred cunts as well yes uh, and it was and the guy's like no 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 and the fucking the two claws come out uh, Richard E. Grant had a really good role in it as well Aye. as the doctor Mm-hmm. I felt, and that sequence where they run through the woods, aye, and oh, all the wee kids, yeah, and there's the wee chubby black kid for thunder, aye, oh, yeah. where he's running, he just puts a hand on the tank and electrocutes all cunt, <sighs> aye. I guess I put Star Wars at my number four spot there, so I guess I don't have a number four. Well, we shared that moment, so I guess that cries that. So it'd be number three for me. Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is, right. is my superhero film of the year. Alright. Um, just because it was it was different, it was a good laugh. It didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, Thor narrates it like the film starts with him dangling from a chain above like a, a pit of lava. He says, "I know how this looks. It doesn't look good. How did I get here?" And as he's swinging on the chain, like. He's, his back faces the camera and says, oh, wait, wait, give me a second. Wait for it, wait for it. And turns back around. Sorry about that. Now, as I was saying... Oh, it, so it kind of breaks the fourth wall. Again, aye, so like he's telling the audience, he's like, it's gone bad, but let's have a flashback and I'll show you how I got here. And it's got him on his adventures and how he loses the hammer. And there's this great cameo where like 
well, this great scene where he returns back to Asgard, and as you all know by the end of Thor The Dark World, um, Anthony Hopkins' character of Odin is replaced by Loki, posing as Odin. Uh. That was like, kind of your, oh, we thought he's dead, oh no, he's back, he's just playing fucking, like, he's being a funny cunt as usual, and he's hiding his Odin. So it shows you his Odin in Asgard, and they're putting on these plays of how Loki's the fucking, like, this this brilliant character, and, like, he's been, it's like like a death scene, and there's yeah. an Odin, and the Thor character's like, I'm not worthy, you're the better brother, oh, I can't believe you're dying, he's crying, and he's lying there, and they've got an A-list Hollywood actor portraying him in this scene, and he's there, and it's just to see this kind of a long black hair lying in the arms, getting his performance as Loki, and he's like, I can't believe they've got this cunt to play him. And you've got, uh, what's it, fucking Sam Neill's there playing Odin in a complete uh. throwaway cameo. And it's just like, just it's like played for shits and giggles. And then, obviously, with this coming from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People director, Teika Watiki. Yeah, uh, it, it has his vibe all around it. Like it's got some like New Zealand comedian, like not comedians. The 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 woman from Hunt of the Wilder People, the the the, the, the child, child. Self- services uh. woman that they had the whole Sarah Connor speech. Uh. She's Jeff Goldblum's right hand woman. All right. Um, there's a point where like Jeff Goldblum's playing himself almost, uh. and. Does he drop the life finds away line in Thor? No, but fuck. He he just he he just plays himself. He's just off the eccentric, and he just starts sentences and doesn't bother finishing them, and just kind of starts playing with his hands. <laughs> and there's like a moment where he wants to reward uh, Thor's character. He says, "Bring me my my," and the woman hands him like, "Here's your death stick." It's like, "No, I want to reward. Why why would you give me a death stick? That's." Why are you angry? This guy's a hero, and he just he just plays, and this woman's just fucking like I fucking hate Thor, and just wants yeah. wants rid of him. And the film's got a proper like Guardians of the Galaxy arc style ish. It's like it's a lot brighter. Uh, um, as we said, rakes a comedy. Nobody's taking it too seriously. It's a nice yeah shift in tone for the the if you're looking at it as a, like a Thor trilogy. Like watch the first two is fairly straightforward, kind of funny. This one's like this, this is like a fucking four film on acid. Yeah. Like this is weird and psychedelic. Number three for you. Uh, number three, uh, my list is um, Baby Driver. Good choice. Uh, I fucking really, really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. That's it, fucking Edgar Wright. Uh, hey, I can't even remember the name of the kid. Oh, but Ansel Egbert or someone I think it is. Is mm. it? The first name definitely sounds right. What what caught your attention <clears throat> with? Um, and the trailer caught my attention there because it, I thought it was you. You were the one that uh, sent us a link, and you said that I had the like the, 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 the drive, like it was a more light-hearted attempt on drive. Aye, and uh, and like the, the the music on the trailer were worked really well. Mm-hmm. The fact that like, it was like John Hamm, yep, fucking Jamie, Jamie Fox. Fox, and uh, everybody's favorite Peter Fowl. 
Yes, aye. And that's it. Like, Baby Driver, I'd imagine, would be a big film for a lot of people this year, but also happens to have. Yeah. Fucking. But what? Kevin Spacey in it. I I, I like the film, I like the fucking. The music music worked well in the film, the fact that there was like. There was certain bits of the film where like their their, 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 like, mannerisms. Mm-hmm. were in tone with this like, music that was playing. When he's sitting playing the piano at the table, ah, and just his hands like it, the timing's perfect. Yeah, it, it's stylish. The when he's going to get coffee in the opening scene, aye, and, and the choruses is fucking like graffiti, graffiti along the walls. The wall and all that. Yeah, like, it's so fucking smart. Um, the fucking Michael Myers gag. Yes, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Aye. Uh, Josh Bernthal was in there for a moment. Ah, John Bernthal was. He was in there for a long. Was he was he? like in the first heist. Yeah, and it was good that you got a few heists. Aye, like because that's it. He's like the ultimate getaway driver. Yeah, and I like how he could only work right when the music's right. Aye, like, they fuck up like a driveway, and he has to rewind the song back to the beginning. Aye, to go. Um, I quite like the wee light-hearted bit as well with the fact that he was living with the deaf. Ah, uh, like his technically, just like his granddad. Ah, uh, it was. Uh, it was kind of like was it like a foster carer or I something? I think so. And I thought it was, and the fact that it built like it made you think that like Kevin Spacey was going to be like the main bad guy in the film, but uh, then it wasn't. It, it wasn't. You at expected all. it. Is and that the fucking the chase sequences are uh, really fucking good. Like as well, what what well about the film? I remember speaking to my boss at work about it was. With, like the ringing in the ear, I generally thought there was something wrong with like the film mm. a few times, but it wasn't it. it was the fact that it was a character like Aye. fucking deficiency. He's got, he's got a hum in the drum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To quote Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But um, I, I fucking like really liked it, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of my like favorite films of the year anyway. Definitely one for the last few years anyway. Yeah, now that was my number two pick. Was it? Yep, as a most stylish film of the year. Ah. And I mean, I was. I'm still considering like if I see that vinyl at like a decent price, I would ah. like. It, it doesn't have the appeal as like maybe the 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 awesome mix like for Guardians of the Galaxy, ah. where that's like twelve tracks that work really well. Whereas Baby Driver, that's about like twenty songs ah. across two records and. A lot of them are songs that are in there for seconds, or but uh, music has such a big part of that fucking aye. film. Yeah. My number two was Get Out. Ah, right. Okay. And I did toy with that one a wee bit. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. But then I listened back on the podcast we were done last month about it, mm-hmm. and I made a thought about it, and I, and I was like, can. There's times where I still didn't know what the fuck I'm watching and the Aye. fact that there's so much intrigue in the film. Aye. Like, I don't class it as a horror film. Like, like I really don't. I, I think it's more like a psychological like a thriller. And Aye. Like, there is also like, wee horror elements here and there. Definitely. But the fact that like when the trailer come out, you had no idea what the fuck you were watching. Aye. It didn't and give it a lot away. That, exactly. And I think that's what worked for it, the fact that that's what gave it the hype. Aye. And then with folk were coming out, folk were nearly like spoiling it, saying that this is what it was, and all mm-hmm. that, and it was, they were letting people 
can make their name end up on it. And also when we done the podcast about we talked about how like the music worked on the film or yep. the like the race fucking similarities in the film. Aye. Kinda of worked with it and casting was good. Yeah. The the little comedic relief. Although I did I, I meant I meant to text you last month Tuesday, last Tuesday. I was at work and it's pretty fucking quiet. And I was staying back later because I was doing prep for a function the next day. And our last orders, the now through the week, are at half four. Mm. At 4.30, old elderly white couple come in and order food. And they sit at the table. And two very young black girls sit at the table with them mm-hmm. and order food for them. And then I was, like, one of the boys at work was like, this is a get out moment, eh? <laughs> I like, like aye. <laughs> young black vessels for us. <sighs> uh, so, I guess, my number one pick uh, uh, is my, my foreign film of the year, uh, uh, Okja. Aye. Uh, uh, the, the Bong Joon-ho Netflix movie uh, about, sort of like a, Magical hippo pig. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I mean, the story is that, say, 24 pigs are created, I think maybe in labs, and then are given to different continents around the world. So we yeah. follow the story of the pig from South Korea. Uh, fast forward, say, 10 years, now when the pigs are big enough and strong enough to be brought back to America for a grand ceremony, and more or less where they're going to be turned into meat. Mm. And the little girl and the farmer from South Korea, well, the little girl, essentially, because she's grown up with this pig, and she wants it back. They've been paid a handsome amount of gold, but she doesn't want the gold. She wants her friend back. Yeah. So she joins a group of animal activists led by Paul Dano, Stephen Yun for The Walking Dead, and a few other characters who are trying to release the pigs, release them back into captivity, let them just be pigs. Jake Gyllenhaal is like a Steve Irwin-style TV host uh, for this, and the whole operation is ran by Tilda Swinton, and uh, is it Gus Fring from Breaking Bad? Uh, and it's it's a, a good film. It's, it's, it's a good mixture of comedy... Um, there's there's some fucking heartbreaking moments in it. Um, I guess an emotional roller coaster would be a good way to describe it. Uh, but CGI is fucking spot on on this. Like a lot of time, it's seamless. Like the pig running about, it yeah. looks so authentic. And the close up shots is clearly like uh, animatronics they're using. Like there's a scene where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal rests his head on his stomach, like much akin to like Jurassic Park uh, when the Triceratops is on the deck. And they just listen to it breathe up and down. Yeah. I, it kind kind of sounds like it's my number one film of the year, but it's the last one I've had to talk about. Aye. But it's definitely my number one foreign film of the year. Yeah. For twenty seventeen. Yeah, uh, my number one was fucking Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. I just thought that everything with the film like worked like the, yeah. cinema, like the cinematography, the fucking music, mm-hmm. and I. Probably would say that it was Gosling's best performance. Yeah, I mean, it, it's impressive to say that it actually worked. Yeah, like when you hear that they're making sequel to Blade Runner, 
And for hardcore fans, like a guy at my work, Blade Runner is his ultimate film, like his number one film of all time. Uh. And when he found out that they were making a sequel, he would spat on it every time and talked about it, just written it off, written uh. off. Even when I told him I went and saw it, he's like, nah. And he eventually went and saw it himself. And he's like, I can't believe they fucking done it. Like, it fucking worked. That is a fucking beautiful film. Aye. It works. And he's like, but I need to fucking see it again, though. Aye. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Mm-hmm. Well, saying that, I am, I am hoping to get the 4K Steelbook edition, the, the original Blade Runner. Oh, aye. But aye. I'm, I'd rather wait for it to like, drop in price somehow, though. Just because it's got all, like, seven versions of the film. Aye. And, I, and aye. it's just... I want to see what it's like, you know. Exactly. Now, I wonder if... Hopefully, it would, it would make sense when you get the Blade Runner 2049 to include the two short movies that were released that filled in the backstory of Dave Bautista's character and Jared Leto's character. Ah. Uh. Because remember when we went and saw it and both of them had about five minutes screen time apiece. Ah. Uh. And then short films were released on YouTube... Uh, filling in and it's like it's not deleted scenes it's different directors yeah fill, like, making short films about these characters aye uh, so hopefully it makes sense to include the, yeah. them on Um is there any films of year that you've no caught yet that you've been wanting to see Um I mean nothing nothing major because I have, um, I've ordered War of the Planet, no. Aye, War of the Planet, yeah. That's the new one with Woody Harrelson, isn't it? Yep. Uh, the Luke Besson. Valerian. Yep. Right. Because uh, just, I'm curious, I know, I've no idea a good thing about it, but I want to see it. I want to figure it out. I want to get the opinion myself. Aye. Um, Netflix, it was, it's, it's. Like uh, just chucking a film at you every week, Aye. and it's like, right, I'll try and watch Bad Batch. Nope. Right, Six Days. Nope. Now Little Evil. Right, nope. Uh, what happened to Monday? It's like there's just too many fucking Aye. films. Um, one of the ones that I've not caught yet for this year is a uh, Detroit. Aye. With John Boyega. John Boyega's in it. It's up. Catherine Bigelow directed it. Aye. It looks like it's gonna be a really good film. I'm hopefully going to catch it over the holidays. Mm-hmm. What about um, honourable mentions? Because obviously Star um, Wars jumped in your list today, so what got knocked uh, off? What got knocked out of my list was Happy Death Day. Ah, okay. I was surprised to see that one get there, because to be honest, I would imagine maybe Babysitter would have got there first, but that's interesting. Yeah, it was quite good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it was a bit of a different type of horror film. Like, like Grandma Day, we've seen yeah. it, and I like we quite enjoy it ourselves. It baited you in. Mm-hmm. There was like towards like the reveal. I was like, I was like to Michelle, I was like, see if this is a fucking like the reveal, and this is the road to go down. I was like, I'm turning it right off because it is fucking like tried and tested and like shit I was like if this is what they're going to do 
then I'm just not watching the rest of the film. And then it's not like that's not the end in the game. Oh. And it beats you in a few times where like you think it's the ending and it's no. And it was it was some bits were quite funny and the we wasn't much of a twist but then it was something that like you completely like would, would never have thought of. Oh cool. Which was quite good. Yeah. And I had all the like, usual like wee horror tropes and all that. Eh? Mm-hmm. But um I, I was I was surprised that it did make my list top ten then like Star Wars came along. But um I'll double check my actual full list for the year. My honourable mentions, since I knocked two out of the list today, uh, Get Out mm-hmm. and Life were two of my honourable oh. mentions. Alright, Life made your top ten. Yes, I, it was one of those films where I've watched it and it honestly, it stuck in my head. Like, I keep replaying scenes, like that ending especially, ending, that uh... twist ending. Like... When the fishermen look in the window, it's just so well yeah. done, and you're it's like a moment where you're really uh, screaming at your telly, like, "Don't stop, Denny, no!" And you're just left with that yeah. fucking ending. Um, what was in my top ten at the start of the day, which then got changed, was I had Atomic Blonde. Okay. Was in at number ten, mm-hmm. and then I moved it for Free Fire. A lot of people hated it. But I actually like, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought like, the soundtrack again was fucking really good. Um, James McAvoy was really good in it right. as well. Um, John Goodman had quite a smallish role in it. But mm. It was like predominant through the film. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was because of, like there was a lot of like twists and turns and all that and then it wasn't until like the very last minute you got the true like thing of the film mm-hmm. but I thought it was I thought it was really good that like uh, what's his name was in it oh man British boy Eddie something is it Eddie Marson or something I can't mean. but um, he had a really really good role in it mm-hmm. but um, I, it was pretty much it was like Charlie Theron playing like Jason Bourne almost. It was like it was gritty, okay. it was violent. That oh, it was, but it was it worked really well. I thought. Huh. But then I thought about Free Fire and I thought about all the things I liked about that and I thought, right, you're going out, you're going in. Yeah. Alien Covenant just missed the cut as well. Aye. Like the two of us appreciated the end in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, aye, but there was films that, that made exactly. an impact in that which. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't say Covenant was a bad film, and Aye. I was still like a really. I good had film. some very good key scenes. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to mosey on to the the bottom of. Yeah, I've got a feeling five that films. maybe maybe we've got maybe the same film in the bottom five. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a completely random one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just purely for the fact that it was in this year. And I saw it on an off chance, it was a film Margaret was watching, The Zookeeper's Wife. Alright. Um, it's not a shit film, it's just a bit boring. Yeah. And I wouldn't watch it again, but it's maybe the least defending of these five films. Uh. It's, I think, set during the Second World War, a Zookeeper's Wife, Daniel Brühl is in it, as, as a German, funnily enough. 
But aye, when you feel like when you watch horror films, not horror films, war films, and you see masses of people getting killed, I think funnily enough for a war film, this movie comes away with like a body count of two people. So I feel like there's not like a large devastation, whether it's based on a true story or not. It's just like ah okay, so it was quite successful the fact that they managed to smuggle lots of people out of the country and only two got caught. Yeah. So, but aye, that's it's a bit of a just a plain Jane, nothing. Don't write yeah. home a bit, but uh, we'd saw it play before a film. I think it was when we went and saw it. And it was one of those adverts where it was kind of the trailer, but it finished by coming up saying you could buy it in Sainsbury's. Alright. Like, oh, alright, okay. So I just rented it for her. So, yeah. but it was fine. It's just, it was neat. Amazing. Yeah. Um, number five on my list was uh, The Bad Batch, another mm. Netflix produced one. I'd heard about it, apparently, it did get a lot of good praise. Had a very unrecognisable Jim Carrey. Yep. Um, Jason Momoa was one of the lead roles in it. Aye. And a very sleazy Keanu Reeves. Oh, aye, right enough. You're telling about him and like all the was it the pregnant wives or something? Saying yeah. Some of these what was it like like angels being inside you or something? Ah, I can't remember what the fuck it yeah. was, but. I watched the trailer. The trailer looked really fucking good. It kind of reminded me a bit like Mad Max too. Right. Like it was like a dystopian like wasteland and all that. <clears throat> the opening bit of the film started off really well with uh, the young lass it was like the character she got like knocked down got a leg cut off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it I thought alright it should only get better for here. Yeah. And it was just it was two hours it was it was boring there wasn't a lot of stuff happening. Jason Momoa didn't really have anything that interesting, even though in the trailer it made him look like he had a lot of good bits in the film and all that. Aye. Like I've said throughout the years, I think he's kind of had a, a mixed bag of films and like roles the last few years. Mm-hmm. I, I was just kind of like hopefully disappointed with it. And I kind of, like, as the film got longer, I was just praying for it to end. Aye, aye. Well, that's it. it. It is a complete random situation when you're watching like a, a film on Netflix, and especially when it's it's something that it's kind of out of the blue. Like the only thing you could afford to lose is your time watching it. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not as bad as like paying money in a cinema to see it. Aye. Yeah. So I just want a small bonus. Is uh, my second. No, I guess technically my fourth film uh, from my bottom five is The Fate of the Furious. Alright. I mean, I'm never really the biggest fan of these movies anyway. Aye. Uh, but it's something I would probably never watch again. Uh, I've seen just, it once. Ah, uh, I just feel like it's... They're just... always a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they, they managed to change the course of a missile by moving it with their hands. Uh, like, leaning at a car and just nudging it. They kind of summon the fucking, like, Michael Bay would be proud of. Aye. But it's just the fact that they could get away with so much. Like, I'm pretty sure these guys were, like, car thieves and worked in that, like, a mechanic shop. Now I feel like they're all secret agents slash uh, superheroes. Aye, uh, because they're working with The Rock. Aye. 
and fucking Kurt Russell. Ah, uh, he was in this one, eh? He was in this is the second one he's been in. Ah, uh, he was in number seven as well. Ah, uh, yes, it's something like Mr. Nobody or Agent Nobody. And to be honest, it's the only reason why I agreed to watch the film. Yeah. There's, like, fuck we're in and what to watch, and, like, fair enough. But that was the only thing that kind of held my attention just to see what Big Kurt was up to. Yeah. Um, I picked that up last week. I've still no got around to watching it, mm-hmm. but I only picked it up because it was like cheaper. Um, number four in my film on my list was another Dwayne Johnson production of the year. Oh, aye. and it was his big summer flop, Baywatch. Oh yes, that just that was sort of number six in my bottom five. So that just kind of lost out because. <clears throat> I would probably watch that before watching The Zoo's Wife again. Alright, uh, I was... Uh, I don't know, like, like I, I remember watching Baywatch on TV as a kid and all that. I kind of remember dick jokes being as predominant as what it was in this <laughs> film. Like, that's what the whole film was. It was just dick jokes. It was a guy getting his dick stuck in the fucking deck chair Aye. and all that. Um, it was a bit where they were in the morgue. And mm-hmm. he had Zach Efron check the guy's fucking nuts and Aye, he took a and all um, Aye, uh, I mean, they they were. They wanted to give it like that 21 Jump Street revival where that sense of humour worked. And that uh, one, whilst that might be absolute fucking nothing to do with what the original 21 Jump yeah. Street was like, but this was trying to go through the same formula yeah, and hopefully get the same successful results. But... Aye. Uh, it was just like it was. It was like the you see all the action as well. It was like the the sense of overkill at the end with the one liner with the rock where he's got like the fucking bazooka type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I just I had heard it was kind of shit, and I kind of wanted to like see and maybe I thought was just being a bit bit harsh on it. Aye, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't watch it again. I remember I watched it. She wanted to watch it, but thankfully she never got run to it. But uh, I just, I, I, to be honest, a lot of people will say that, that Dwayne Johnson's like the big like wrestler turned actor, and I'm fucking Dave Batista's like absolutely fucking killing him now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like fucking Drax the Destroyer and like the Rose and like Spectre and Aye. Uh, Blade Runner and all that. Exactly. Definitely, the the quality over quantity. Yeah. Almost, because well, that's like he's on the verge with the new uh, Jumanji movie. Yeah, aye. But for me, which will be a big one for both of us, uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, that was my number one worst film of the year. Yes, I am. Um, I mean, my beef with it mainly is they took... No, no wasn't enough Power Ranger moment. Aye, they took far too long to become Power Rangers. Yeah. And I can't remember the timestamp, but I've told the story where I sat there with my lorry and he was... Waiting for it. Aye, he was he, he surprised me by being aware of what Power Rangers were, but that's YouTube videos, fuck playing with toys. Yeah. So he knew what it was, and I was like, ah, oh, they're coming any minute now, any minute now, and he was asleep by the time they showed up. Aye. Like... This is like your audience. You don't want to capture a child's attention, yeah. and you just spent a fucking forty-five minutes just proving how unworthy these mopey-faced teenage bastards are. Yeah, and then the rest of it just made you want to buy Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, I know that was. 
That's probably why it got my vote for worst film of the year. Like, Brian Cranston was in that fucking film. And Elizabeth Banks. Aye. It's a waste of two good talents. Aye. And at number three on my list was another attempt at a reboot was uh, the Chips reboot. Oh, aye. I never watched that one. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pena. Michael Pena and um, Dark Shepherd. Oh, aye. Aye. It was a run in the mill fucking police comedy and all that. Eh? Like two partners, one is kind of like the lethal weapon mm-hmm. like fucking formula. Um, it was just it was fucking dull, boring. It was a try to be funny. It wasn't. It, it was just lazy. Aye. Um, fucking. I'm pretty sure the main bad guy and it was that like Vincent Dion. Donfrio or something. Oh, Vincent Donofrio. Donofrio. Aye, aye. I'm sure he was the main bad guy in it. Aye. I was just, nah. It was another film I found tedious to watch. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it is just like kind of, it's like when they've done the Jutes of Hazard reboot and all that, it was the same. It was fucking mm-hmm. dull, boring. I just, I don't think reboots say like, TV shows and the films as like the answer nowadays. Aye, aye. Isn't, are they trying to introduce it to a new generation by making a bad film of it? But aye, it varies so hardly works. Yeah, aye, I'm agreed with that one. Uh, for me, it was a Netflix production, uh, an American remake of the Japanese series oh. Death Note. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of hate on this. Aye. And I, I remember, because I have done a review of this as like a patron exclusive with Ken from Podcast and Fire, but I it just, nah, it didn't work out well. Some bits were fine, but it just, it wasn't, like, I think that there was like two, I felt like there was conflicting visions. It was like a, a proper horror director who seemed to be enjoying like gore, but then it just, when it was mixed with a story, it just didn't match. And there were just so many little things that annoyed me. And to the point where, like, he left a message to say to the girl, like, meet me by the the fucking, the, the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Is it right? That made sense. But when they go out, the Ferris wheel is on the other fucking side of, like, Seattle. So now he's in a ten minute chase sequence. It's like, why did you not ask her to meet you by the fucking, like, the bike hut then? Why did yeah. you ask her to meet on the other side of the fucking side of Seattle? Uh, but that, and you had William Defoe as the voice of, like, the, the deaf god. That's in Death Note. It was just too weird. And yeah. it's like it tried to be funny, but it's supposed to be dark. And Aye. I, I'm glad it was a Netflix film. It Aye. didn't cost me anything yeah. other than time, but... Yeah. I was let down by it. Yeah. Um, this one, it was my number two choice. I was kind of swaying between that and Power Rangers, what got the number one vote. But then obviously I voted that Power Rangers was worse. This one was Fist Fight. Oh, Charlie Day. Charlie Day and Ice Cube. Ice Cube. <sighs> Where did I fucking start with this one? This was Michelle's choice to watch. Mm-hmm. And I like Charlie Day. Yep. I like Charlie Day and Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. And I like Charlie Day and the Horrible Bosses and that. 
uh, it just uh, didn't work. It just it was a stupid idea, right? Like fucking two two teachers, one gets the other one fired for some shit, and the 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 one that gets fired challenges the other one to a fight at the end of school, and yeah. it takes place over this day, and it's fucking it's horribly written. It's lazy. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like they have the fight, and then after the fight, they're fucking pals, and then they give each other lifts to the hospital and all that. And it was just nah, it just didn't work. Eh? Like Ice Cube worked in twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. Mm-hmm. I felt his films before that and were really tedious anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just kind of tired of seeing Ice Cube on the screen. Aye. Uh, and Charlie Davis has stopped fucking accepting shitty films like this. Aye. Like, aye. It's, just, it's meant to be set in a school, but yet you've got a teacher who abuses fucking pupils, known that way, but like verbally abuses them and like fucking just swinging axes about and that. Like, I know it's always a, a film oh, and all aye. that, eh, but it's not. And it's just. I just, uh, uh, what made me fucking hate this film was the fact that once they were finished fighting, Charlie's wife was in hospital for, like, giving birth. They then, she could share his hand, and then, like, Ice Cube drove him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Considering they've just had this fight, and Ice Cube's already lost his job. It was just the, like, the continuity sort of thing, and I was just like, really? Like, I just thought it was lazy. Yeah. And, like, for the first i seen this maybe start of summer. Okay. Up until i seen Power Rangers, that was probably the worst film I've seen in the year. Well, um, that was it. Like, your review of it just, like, caused me to avoid it. Like, that seems like... I, I too, love Charlie Day. I love seeing him in films like his role in Pacific Rim, uh, The Always Sunny, things like that. And I don't want to see him do bad films. Yeah. So I'm, I was happy to ignore Fist Fight. Mm. Uh, my last one. It's, it's not really an obvious one. It was just a film that I was sorely let down with, with the ending. It was a, a an independent film called Bushwick uh, that starred uh, Dave Batista. And it just had such... Like, it was fine. It was like a, a a girl going home for Thanksgiving, only to find out when she comes out of the subway, her hometown's been declared martial law and has been taken over by the government. And it's just all these black-clad SWAT teams killing everyone in sight, yeah. clearing the place. And she meets up with a, an old military figure who's Dave Batista, who's just trying to get back to his family, who's... Uh, who all live in Bushwick or something and they're trying yeah. to get out of town get there and he agrees to help her get back to her town and it just has a fucking horrible end it just goes yeah. oh and you're just like you've just been robbed of like an hour and 20 minutes you know all this build up like they do like a heartbreaking story for Big Dave and you buy into it and then they just pull the carpet out it, and then the credits roll, and you're like, I feel like this film just said, fuck you, and finished. <sighs> and I was like, alright, that's 
I feel I I feel angry for watching this now. I feel like you, they've really just fucked me off. Uh. So I I so it's it's a film I don't recommend to anyone, and it was a shame because it had such a fucking excellent trailer. It ah, I mean, like, you, I mean, you sent me the trailer. It. Ah, it looked like The Last of Us. It looked like a, a, some sort of Fallout, and it looked like it would be a really interesting wee film. But it just really fucked me off. Yeah. So I don't recommend it to anyone. It will be a waste of your time. You'll be watching it thinking, what's wrong with it? This is pretty good. And then you get your twist and you're like, oh, this is... Yeah, you, you fucked me over. Yeah. So that is my bottom film for 2017. Yeah. And yeah, you were saying Power Rangers was your number one choice. Yeah. Is there anything else other than what we covered? Um, nah, I think the five were pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So, what are we looking forward to seeing in 2018? Yeah. Um, a couple of films. I think the one that's building me with the mostly entry because we didn't really know much about it is the untitled Dynamite Bride, David Gordon Green mm-hmm. Halloween film. Yes. Like we've read the like interviews and stuff and like what the plot, a wee bit of the plot kind mm-hmm. of thing, but we've not actually got anything yet. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. We, we should get a trailer come maybe February time, February, March. Later in the year, I'd imagine, because was there not something saying shooting of the film was delayed until January? Ah, maybe then. I don't know what saying that. They did reveal what actress had been cast as a female lead, like, like a young woman. Aye, they've got... Um, They've got Jamie Lee Curtis, they've got that Judy Greer as Jamie Lee Curtis' daughter, and then they've got the lassie who's going to be Judy Greer's daughter. daughter. Right, yeah. aye. And that's all we know. Yes. So far. Mm-hmm. But we're still assuming it will have a Halloween release date next year. Aye, October 19th. Right, aye. So. Which I think, I think it commemorates with the 40th anniversary of the Carpenter Classic. Alright, okay. I will be fucking pissed if they release a 40th anniversary fucking, like, elite Blu-ray copy after just securing my fucking... 30th. 35th, uh, 35th. Steelbook. Right, aye, aye. 35th Steelbook edition. Because that's it. They'd have to pepper it with some more special features, like some new shit. Some shit that's really worth double dipping for. Yeah. But, we'll see. Um. One of my choices is Wes Anderson's stop-motion animated film. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Um, that one. Do you know the plot of it? i seen... Oh, what was I watching? I watched... Something about it the other day or the other week. And i seen, like, wee clips of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I know the plot of it, though. Aye, they've got put down as... In the future, the... An outbreak of canine flu leads the mayor of Japan to banish all dogs to an island that's used as a garbage dump. Yeah. Uh, the dogs band together to help a 12-year-old boy find his beloved pet dog. It uh. Uh, uh, includes the voices of Jeff Goldblum, Brian Cranston, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, Francis McDermott, Tilda Swinton, Lee Schreiber, Harvey Keitel, 
Courtney B. Vance, Fisher Stevens, Cunt for Short Circuit, uh, and Ken Wanatabi. Alright. So, and I mean, if it's anything like the fantastic Mr. Fox film he did, which it looks a lot like, uh, I think it might actually be a really decent little film. I've not seen a lot of Wes Anderson films, and I've the only one that I've remember, the only one that I remember seeing was um, the Grand Budapest. Yes, and it, it was fucking good. And I, I think it was you that recommended it to me, and I watched it, and I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, and I actually did like, like fucking Ray Fiennes absolutely killed that thing. Aye, aye. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, other one for me for next year is probably Deadpool too. Yes, that will be very interesting. Because what what sold me was Josh Brolin mm-hmm. as Cable. Aye, because aye, that's it. That's been like the famous duo in the comics, like Deadpool and Cable. Yeah. So just to see that they've, they've been ballsy enough to do it, and the fact that they teased it yeah. by their first film, like when they done that, I think it was like a Ferris Bueller's piss take because where Ferris Bueller comes out when I a house goes in the film's over go home it's over and a Deadpool coming out in like the same corridor wearing the same house coat just saying that's it what are you still doing here okay right we're bringing Cable in for the sequel we might get fucking uh, Kira Knightley she's got a good flat top and all wee jokes like that <sighs> so I'm looking forward to that and just to see what we get for the characters now. Uh, I wonder if it'll just be as, just as like manic as the first one. Because the first one was like one of my favourites from like last year. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's probably like Ryan Reynolds' best role. Aye. And it's like he's almost getting to play himself. Aye. Because like, all the fucking that... like fourth wall breaks and shit. Aye. Uh, for me, it was funnily enough, we saw the trailer for it today. I am really looking forward to seeing Pacific Rim Uprising. Alright. I really dug the first one. This one just kind of looks like more, just multiplied, like more robots, with yeah. more big weapons, and bigger monsters. It's like, I fuck it, why you know? I've got the first one. I've only ever watched the first one once, but. I don't know, I, I probably need to go back and watch it again before I decide if I want to go and see Uprising or not. Yeah. But is uh, Del Toro directing this one or is it no. something different? Uh, dude cried Stephen Knight, who is uh, just waiting for the fucking Hells Angels to piss off. Ah, uh, I was just going to say, that's what I can hear in the background there. Um, Stephen Knight, I think he was like a showrunner for the Daredevil TV series. Alright. So he's made a leap to direct and he, he, he might have done stuff before, but yeah. I remember when he was selected as a director, that was sort of one of the big pulls, was he was directing some of the first few episodes of Daredevil, where I had some proper yeah. gritty action scenes. But it is Del Toro's script, I believe. Yeah. So, and again, I think it's like 10 years later, uh, the, the the program for Jaegers calls up the best and brightest of the battle, a new uprising of kaiju. So you've got Scott, not Scott, John Boyega, Scott Eastwood, yeah. uh, Rinko 
Kikuchi, the Japanese lassie from the first one. Charlie Day returns. Uh, Burn Gorman returns. And it's rumoured that Ron Perriman will return. Alright. So, what was it? Hannibal Chao. Oh, was yeah. his name. He was like the... It wasn't really a weapons dealer, but if you're wanting kaiju parts, yeah. he was the man to see for it. We could just cut right to what's next for films and swearing in 2018. Yeah. We'll be starting off the year with our Martin Scorsese season, starting in the 1970s with, I guess, a few of his titles. Let's bring up his filmography. The only one I remember for the 70s is Main Street, Taxi Driver. I think that might be might be it. Mm-hmm. There's probably a couple of other ones, but it's not something I know that much. Well versed in. Let's see. Directing in the 70s. So aye, we will be covering sort of each decade. So that will give us a good Four or five episodes yeah. of content. So, 1970 includes... Uh, so, it's really early stuff like Boxcar, Bertha, Main Streets, Italian-American, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Taxi Driver, New York, New York, The Last Waltz, and I. There was an American boy, but then you've got Raging Bull in 1980. So... What film do you want to choose from that list of 70s films? Uh, I'll chuck in Main Streets because that's one that I've still not seen. Mm-hmm. Let's go with... I'll go with Taxi Driver. And to make it interesting, we'll say Boxcar Bertha as well. All right. Let's say that was Andy's pick. All right. So there's our three films. We'll put them on Twitter at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And let people vote and decide which they want to hear us talk about. So, website, filmsandswearing.com, for fucking everything under the sun, is posted on there. News, reviews, social media and all that jazz. Uh, shout out to Andros for the theme music. I'm doing the Fonzie thumbs again. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Stu, Kenny, Carol and all the listeners for tuning in, letting us fill your lugs. But it's now that time of the night for us to pull out and if we've learned one thing from this year Mike it would be stay away from Kevin Spacey sad but true sad but true fuck off and tune in next year <laughs>